Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Football is an emotional game. Rivals has arrived. All right, welcome to another episode of Rivals. Scott Mitchell, Jason Buck here. And yes, people, football is an emotional game. Uh, This past weekend or somewhere about uh, a player who was a walk-on who'd been in several uh, schools in the... uh, I don't know, in his in his time, but Eric Munoz uh, from Utah State actually said this about playing football. Um, honestly, I was kind of getting choked up earlier. It's been a long time coming, to be honest with you. Oh. This is the third school I've been to. Um, Richard Jr. having to sit behind some guys. It's tough. Kevin Metzenheimer, it's my best friend, so uh, he's always believed in me since I got here. He was always cheering for me and telling me to keep my head up, so lining up next to him was probably some of the most fun I've had playing football um, yet, so that felt really good to just have him there next. All right, there you have it, Eric Munoz, uh, who actually uh, got to... <laughs> He got to uh, get a scholarship, and and you know how it is to triumph after you've been through through so many struggles. But we've had our experiences in sports uh, that are emotional, and some of them have been for good reasons, and some of them have been for bad reasons. But what is it you think that creates such emotion? Is it that you just give so much to the game? What what? Why do we get emotional when we play football? Well, I mean. It- I think it's obviously because you give so much. I mean, it's it's an all-in sport. You cannot be a great football player at a high level without just literally dedicating your life to it. I mean, in, in my case, you know, and I, I know yours too. I mean, we started as little boys. I mean, I was four years old running around the church house telling everybody I was going to play pro football. I mean, I was in. I was committed, and I was going. And I thought about it every waking moment. So, you know, you, reach, you have those achievements – in your life or great failures, they're, they're emotional times. It, it is because you you've invest, you invest so much into it, and you you play it for such a long period of time, and it brings out a lot of excitement. I mean, when you go out on a field, it is it is exciting, and you're competing, especially in the NFL, against the very best players in the world. And to go out and to win and to and to do well. Is an it, it, it's an amazing feeling. It's it's incredible, and it does draw out of you a lot of those great emotions. So, tell me, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this today. So, so we're gonna talk about 
I want to I want to end on a positive note. So I want to start with what created in you the worst emotion for something that didn't go right playing football. Man, it was uh, for me is really close. You know, I uh, at Rick's College we were undefeated my sophomore year. Just I was team captain. We had a you know I'd worked my whole life for this. We had a fantastic team. We were just really close. A close brotherhood. I mean, Gary Anderson was part of that part of that team, and uh, man, we had nine players go D one off our defense. I mean, we were just our average score of a game was forty six to six in our conference. We were just dominant, and we went into our bowl game really with a great chance of winning the national championship down in uh, the Valley of the Sun Bowl against Phoenix, and it was truly like straight out of the movies, like the longest yard. I mean, they flooded the field. I mean, irrigated it solid 24-7 for a week to make it a big mud bowl to slow us down. Mm. I mean, all the old tricks, right? I mean, it was the officials were just, it was home cooking. And we have the game won. And at the end of the game, the officials stopped the clock on dead ball fouls three times in a row and, and call our wide receiver. We're protecting and kneeling on the ball. And our wide receivers, they're coming in cheap shot in the quarterback. They don't care. They're just coming and just blowing him up. And so our receiver pushes a guy off, you know, as he's trying to come in and kill our quarterback when we're stopping the clock. Call us for uh, hands to the face mask or something, 15-yard penalty. Dead ball foul. They're supposed to restart the clock when we go up to the ball. Oh, no, they wouldn't start it. And so we're, you know, the coaches are arguing, the officials, whatever, but they stop, move us back 15 yards, 15 yards, 15 yards, like three times in a row, and we and wouldn't start the clock, and we have to punt out of our end zone with seven seconds left. And we're ahead, I think it was 16-15, right? It was seven seconds left in the game, and we punt out of the end zone. They block it for a two-point safety and beat us 17-16. For, and, dude, it was a total dishonest job by officials just a home played in phoenix just a just a i mean we played them on any other field in the united states we beat them by 30 points and uh it was it was heartbreaking i i bawled like a little child i mean because you wanted it so bad it was just devastating to this day i've never watched the replay of that game it was so devastating to me because you know we just thought we thought we were going to be national champs, and we were undefeated and just fantastic in a storybook season. It was the same year BYU won the national championship. I mean, the church would have had two national champions, and it was just a heartbreaker, man. I mean, it was it was definitely as painful as the Super Bowl twenty three loss, maybe even a little more. Well, you're a champion in my book, Jason. So, well, you know, if yeah. you and I would have played together, I mean, like in a fantasy team, I mean, you know, you put put the pick undefeated. World champs I'm multiple times. I totally agree. Well, so uh, for me, mine is different, actually. And I, and I have moments where, you know, losses and things like that. Uh, I had a moment when I got benched, which oh. was uh, it was devastating. Oh, yeah. it, like, killed me. It, it, there's, there's, it's hard to explain when someone says to you, you know what, you're not good enough. And you don't belong here, and it that was hard. But in your heart, you know you are. Oh, completely right. I mean, sure. you're you're a competitor, and you're robbed, yeah. right? And you know you know the political decisions and all that. Sure. And you're, you're helpless. Yeah, and it's a it's a hard thing to go through. But for me, yeah. the hardest the hardest thing I went through was when I realized that my career was over, and that 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 to me was by far the the worst, the saddest thing, the the most emotional thing that I went through. Yeah. And I didn't come to the realization of it until two years after the last game I played. 
Because yeah, I still thought I could you're, play. You're watching games against everybody that you and, know very well, right, that you're current and playing against. You're like, and, dude, that guy's right. no good. He can't hold my you know, jock. No, I mean, no just, question about it. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, whew, uh, I think I can still play. Yeah. So I work out every day and, you know, and to get myself in really good shape and keep myself there and keep myself game ready. Right. So I could just go and just walk in a game and play. Yeah. And finally, I just realized after two and a half years of this that, that there were no phone calls, there were no workouts, there was nothing that it was over. Yeah. And it was devastating. And I just, I crumbled to the ground. I was at a oh. park. And I just crumbled to the ground, and I just sobbed. When finally realized, and I that, sobbed, yeah. and I sobbed, and I saw, and I could not stop. Yeah, I was just, I, it was just so overcome with. This is something I've done my whole life, and yeah. it's over, and missing it, and it was hard. Uh, it was also, what do I do with the rest of my life? I mean, there was a lot of fear and trepidation about, you know, gosh, it's almost like my life is over. You yeah. know, I, I, how am I going to move forward from this kind of thing? It was it was really, really a devastating time for me. It's that PTSD, I think, you know, that uh, football players go through. And you end up with, P- I think, like Junior Seau you know, in the same situation you are or were in that moment of realization. I think they sink so deep, you know, we lose some of them, you yeah. know, to suicide. The, it's, a hard, it's, it's a hard moment. I it's mean, a hard, hard thing to deal with. Yeah. It really is just awful. You're not an attorney the rest of your life. You're not no. a doctor until you're 70. You know what I'm mean? saying? You're not a professional that goes on and for all his years. I mean, your entire life and your entire focus and your family, your business family, your right. brotherhood is now gone. It's gone. And they're telling you they don't want you and, hey, don't come back. <laughs> it's, I've it's, said, a t- it's a I've tough said this transition. So many, I've said this so many times. I would, I would rather have had an injury that wouldn't allow me to play anymore. Like, you can't play. As opposed to... Just, just knowing you're still good enough to play. No and one just, signed you. Nobody signed you. And you know what, dude? That was the same thing Wor- happened to me. Worst thing in the world. Just, I mean, just did not. Just did not. I'd call love up. It. I'd call up teams like Carolina Panthers. I mean, I was playing the best ball in my career. I finished the year on a separated shoulder, which hurt me. You know, and then the, in the salary cap hit. So there's that little bit of knee jerk reaction that that summer, and I was looked at as an old older player, expensive and that type of thing. But I mean, to call up the player personnel director from the who I knew, Carolina Panthers, like you know, Buck, there's no no room in the NFL for an old white expensive defensive end right now. <laughs> You're like, you know, you call up Denver, and they're like, well, our oldest D line is like a third year veteran. There was a knee jerk just in '94, right? That was you know it was just like unbelievable. Keep all these young players. Keep all these young players. They're yeah. cheap, and they're, right. a lot of guys are saying, hey, we're just going to keep our punters are like first year players and there there was just that it took him a second to adjust to that in the nfl and i was just caught at the wrong time not sure many actually did adjust actually no it was hard man it was hard to go watch guys play that you knew you were like 10 times better than and and it it was it's a it's a whole nother subject but yeah i think i think it actually is a great subject because i think the nfl actually the quality of play has dramatically declined because of it oh Absolutely has. Guys like Bill Walsh and Joe Gibbs, some other greats, Parcells, have all quoted exactly, almost word for word, what you just said. The NFL is not as good as it used to be. It's not. Because of, you know, the depth issues, the the, the big issue. You can keep three players that don't know what they're doing and young, as opposed to one who does and is is expensive. Because back in our day, it was like... You know, Joe Gibbs, man, he re- you ran the the next guy came on the field and he was just as good as the guy that just came off. And right? you know whose fault that is? 
It's uh, it's uh, Gene Upshaw. Oh, Upshaw. Because yeah. his feeling was this is a league of stars, yeah. and so we're always going to take care of the stars, and you're not going to take care of the guys that actually make teams great, and they're great teammates, and that are great pros, and maybe yeah. they don't have the recognition, but they're really good professional football players. so they players. built the agreement so the for uni- superstars the and not for the was, whole... The union's not for the average guy, no. which is what a union's for. And, and you know, Yeah, and there's a whole other discussion we can do on that because yeah. I was in D.C. and I saw Upshot at the gym where my wife worked out all the time. I mean, he was right there. And the players at the Redskins, the Hogs and the old guys, he couldn't come to our facility because he couldn't yeah. make it out alive, yeah. right? I mean, there's a lot of players that weren't happy with Upshot. Yeah. But, you know, to, to end on our subject, and that is, there was... The great life teachings that football gives us, you know, the adversity and the challenges, like many things in life, you know, it's it makes you who you are. I mean, there's great lessons from it. I mean, breaking my leg my freshman year in high school, having to quit the junior college team when I first went out because I didn't have a scholarship and going back and working and persevering. And, you know, there's a lot of low moments. You know, people look at it, Scott Mitchell in the NFL and Jason Buck in the NFL and Super Bowls and Man, there was a lot of low moments, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of low moments that you have to battle through, but some right. were worse than others. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to end this thing on a positive note. So the thing that was most emotional for you in a good way. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Rivals. I'm Scott. He's uh, Jason, and we're having a cry fest here today because it's emotional. <laughs> we're showing our is emotional, emotional side. Football's emotional, and uh, a lot of times you, you go through those tough times. Yes, it's emotional, but man, are there some great times? I mean, oh. just so exciting, oh. so exhilarating that you, I, you just—it's just amazing. I, I can't describe to people what it's like to play. Right, you just yeah. can't. You can't. You can't yeah. explain what it's like. It's just. It's. There's nothing like it. There's no feeling. There's no emotion like it. At least that I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. There. There's. There's. Now, I've never been on drugs. I've never been drunk. <laughs> I've never had alcohol. So no. maybe life is better there. I don't no. know. But I can just tell you from a very sober person who's never taken drugs, there is nothing more. No. Uh, exhilarating than playing you know, football. My, my, my wife's sitting here in the, the booth with us while we're recording, so I'll say the most awesome moment in my life was, you know, the day I married her and, you know, put that ring on her finger. That was 
That's so not football. <laughs> I had her in the room. No, seriously, football. Stay pure to football. Okay, the, in, in comparison to life, it's not even on par. Right, it's not on par to life and children is, and all the things. Just in our in our football lives, in our football lives, yeah. I man, dude, there was one time I honestly went out of body insane, you know, in, in a in a moment, and that's when you know at RFK because you try to explain to people it's like to. You know, be out there with that life's work and all your preparation and sacrifice and everything in the moment, and then you're in front of eighty thousand people, right? Well, you it's know, a good thing just, for you in your career because you played for the worst organization, the Cincinnati yeah, Bengals, yeah. and arguably at the time, at one the of the time, best one was of the, the Washington best Redskins with the Cook family yeah. and Joe Gibbs. I mean, it was at the yeah. peak, right? So absolutely, I got to experience both ends of the NFL, no doubt. But you know how you play at Cleveland Municipal back in the old days when Cleveland and Cincinnati were great rivals and great both great teams at the time. Right. You know, eighty thousand people and it's going nuts. Well, you know, it's just I mean, we're playing at RFK at home and you know how the whole stadium just shakes, right? You could look in the underneath the, the seats and the bleachers and it was out of wood and you could see them just move up and down and the whole crowd stood for three hours. Nobody sat. Right. And they just sit there and just move. The stadium would just move the lower levels. And we're playing Dallas on Sunday night football. Madden's doing the game. They're coming out of their end zone, like on the three yard line. And I stem down to nose guard, right? Which is the pinball position because they got help from the guards and they're going to just double team you and knock the crap out of you. And they leave me one on one with Stepnoski. And he drops, Aikman drops back in the end zone. And I sack Aikman. In the end zone, the ball comes out. We fum- they fumble it, right? Then you know we recover it for a touchdown, and the the stadium is going nuts. I'm going nuts. The upper decks of the stadium. I talked to people that went there their whole life, and the upper decks of the stadium were shaken. You know, and they said it's the first time in their life they'd ever felt it. They thought the whole place was coming down. And, dude, I went insane out of body, and I do a war dance from one end of the end zone to the other end of the end zone, just going nuts because <laughs> the emotions that came over you, right, from Sack and Aikman in the end zone. That's the winning play of the game, basically. And, I mean, such a huge play in RFK. They still will call me and interview me about it. It was absolutely insane. And I go back to a reunion, and the film crew comes up to me that's still there. From those days, and they're like, Buck, we still have your play, you know, of you dancing across the end zone, and we still play it once in a while. Well, it, but, was, it was honestly funny, you know, because Gibbs right. put it up on the game film with her, the team, and the whole sure. team's just roaring. He puts the laser on me, and I'm just, go, just going psycho across one side to the other. It was, it was, it was funny. But it's also the Cowboys. And it was know, the Cowboy Redskins, Sunday it, Night Football. It, yeah, that, that's a big deal. The, the whole moment, right? It was all sure. built up. You know, it, was, yeah. it was like the playoffs. It was to get us in the playoffs, actually. It was a critical game. But that, that one was, a, you know, a super high football high. But emotionally, I have to say, you know, obviously when I found out I'd won the Outland Trophy, you know, I just basically just sat there and cried. So, because it was just your life's work. And the recognition of it, and you know, I thought of my brother who was good, died in a car accident, wasn't there, and my family and all the sacrifice and all those type of things. So that was that was a huge moment in my football life. Well, I like that one better. You know, like, yeah, better than sacking Troy. <laughs> That's just another quarterback sack. It yeah. was just I was trying, you know, trying they to put in a couple different the, stories because you have the all the time. You have the football passion, you know, the football excitement of the game, but then you have the emotion of those mo- special moments in your life, and you know that. And, so I give Jason a hard time about the Outland Trophy and that the most important trophy is the Heisman, but I will tell you, and this is to everyone, the, the Outland Trophy is a big deal. 
it's a very big deal and and you should be proud of that and uh and I, I know I give you a hard time about it, but it's it's it's, and pretty, fun. it's pretty cool. I know. Sure. It, it's a cool deal. Oh. All right. Um I guess it's my turn. And you know, as funny as this may sound, it's really uh it's really true about about my football experience because it was it was kind of part of the the growing process and believing uh, that you can do things and, and, and understanding a process of being successful. And so when you learn that as a kid growing up and, and see the fruits of it, it's, it's pretty cool. And so for me, one of the, one of the moments was, was when uh, we won a state championship when I was in high school in football, never been, never been done before in, uh, in our high school's history. We had lost the two previous years in heartbreaking losses in the first round of the playoffs against really bad teams we should have never lost to. And there's just something about setting this goal for yourself and finally achieving it and fi- and achieving it after a lot of work and after, um, you know, a lot of pain and heartache and disappointment. I mean, you talk to anyone who has succeeded in life, who's succeeded in Shoot, in athletics, they've had those just those struggles. You look at how oh, great yeah. a basketball player that Michael Jordan was. And he was cut from his freshman basketball team. You know, I mean, and everyone has that. Everybody has that. So to triumph after the struggle is is quite a deal. And I played in a lot of football games after high school and college and professional football. But that was such a special time. Just a bunch of kids from a small town in Utah who just said we're going to win a state championship and and nothing is going going to stop us from doing it. And when you do it, when you when you finally do it, it is just the most amazing feeling in the world. I, I still yeah. think of that moment. I still can see myself walking out onto the field and and how I felt and and it was cool for us because the whole town showed up. I mean, they they shut down the town. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's like, and kids kids who are younger than me that I run into, they go, yeah, I was in like the fifth grade, and we went to the game, and I was in the, you know, and and it's like everybody from this whole town grew up with this, and it was just such a thing, and they drove us through town on fire trucks after the game. I mean, just like Hoosiers. <laughs> I mean, it was really that's awesome. Just ama- this amazing that's moment. So Americana, man. It, it's com- America. It's, it is, and I love it. And the guys that I played with, you know, I still talk to today, and it still means something today. And they've gone on in their lives, and they've. They've all been, you know, good citizens and good people and successful yeah. in their life. Is and so it's really cool. But for me, and that was a, that was an amazing moment. But for me, it was um, when I realized I belonged in the NFL. That that there was just there was not another moment to me that just was more emotional, and 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 I can remember it. Even yeah, like you kind of got screwed on the draft. You was hoping to go. You well, should have went higher, and you had to went. You know, it, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was hard. It, yeah. and, it, and it was hard to watch a so lot of guys who I thought I was better than get drafted, and then watch them play. And I was right. stuck behind a really, really good player, which ultimately was a benefit. But when I went on the field, and and I and I, I was doing well, and I just remember walking out of the huddle in one play and looking. At the Cleveland Browns defense, and the Cleveland Browns were good, like you said at that yeah, time. At that time, at old municipal stadium, and headed towards the dog pound, right? Which is the team that's the Ravens now. 
right. the organization that's yeah. the Ravens was the Browns we were playing right. against. And just looking yeah. at them and just going, I belong here. And yeah. it was the coolest moment in my life to to know that I was I was among the best athletes in the world. Yeah. And I can't I can't even describe how impactful that was for all of those reasons because like you I had the dream and and I believed it and I worked at it and I struggled and I had challenges and all of those things and to finally finally do it and to finally just man I made it here yeah was a feeling I just I can't even put to words yeah. how how satisfying and how meaningful and how powerful that that moment was in my life no it's you can't describe it. You can't put it into words. You know, those those huge moments in our lives. I mean, to lose, have the heartbreaking loss in Super Bowl twenty three, and then come back and win it, you know, in Super Bowl twenty six, And, you know, the, it's your life work. I mean, you slept with footballs when I was a little kid in Michigan. You know, you just, you fought and was told you were no good and spit on and hated and made fun of and ridiculed and you have to quit and don't make teams and don't have scholarships and you you know you're fighting and being told you're no good all your life and then you're out there you know making sacks in Super Bowl and and winning it and you know, it is it's your the you can't describe the emotions I mean it's it's really all of those things that you go through yeah the the doubt the the disappointment the the trials and the heartaches the, the struggles and, you know it's yeah. like not good enough you know whatever. Those are the things that actually help propel you to be able to succeed, to have you, you. It's like you need to go through that refinement. You need to go through that uh, development to get to get kind of a I don't want to say a thick skin, but to get determination oh, and to get this focus and this this commitment to it and this hard work. It's and, each time you have one of those events that smack you in the face and put you down, you're at a critical juncture to decide whether to quit and give up and, and and give and move away from that or face it and overcome it and prove them wrong right i mean those those happen all the time and you have that decision to make to go to move forward and overcome that adversity and that challenge and and all those that's what's awesome about the life lessons that you know sports the challenge in, in our life is within ourselves it's within it's ourself. like not with anybody else it's yep. it's just saying Am I gonna? Am I gonna overcome my own doubts, my own fears, my own inadequacies, and just do this? Yep. And and that that is it's what's great about sports. All right. Well, uh, I know I've really enjoyed this. It's been this has been a good episode. Not that any of them aren't. They're uh, all awesome. He's Jason. I'm Scott Buck. and I are together. I'm Scott Mitchell. This round of rivals is over. And we're off to our corners. I know he's crying now. All right. We're powered by <laughs> KSLSports.com. You can follow us on Facebook at The Rivals Podcast, Twitter at The Rivals Show. Until then, go win yourself an Outland Trophy.